Hello and welcome. You're listening to the You Do Root podcast, and I'm your host, Allison Cullen. I'm a mom with a background in business and counseling, but I've always been tapped into the more woo-woo side of everyday life. I'm here to take you on an exploration of your spirituality, give you helpful life hacks, help you on this evolution through motherhood, and give you a weekly dose of useful woo. If you need your cup filled, your mind expanded, and you want to increase your manifestation abilities at the same time, you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Happy 4th of July weekend, if you are listening to this in real time. Happy summer. Happy whatever day it is, if you're listening to this later in time. Today, we have a very special guest on the You Do Woo podcast. My friend and my parenting coach, Kelly Smith, is on. This is a really good conversation. So she specializes in what is called conscious parenting. I swear, y'all, if you're a mom and you struggle with getting triggered around your kids, mom rage, tantrums, nervous system overwhelm, this is a must listen. And diving into conscious parenting is a must. It is so good. It makes me want to parent more. Like for a while, I didn't know if I wanted another child. And I really love working. And I really did not enjoy times when, like I look forward to the work weeks, not the weekends. And conscious parenting has changed that. I mean, I still love my work. Y'all know that. But I look forward to parenting. And I've been doing a lot of single parenting lately because Cam's been out of town for work. So this has helped me immensely. If you are a mom to a child of any age, you're going to love this. I'm also going to put in the show notes another podcast episode by, so Kelly Smith is my parenting coach. Her mentor is Dr. Shafali. I'm going to put a podcast episode from Dr. Shafali that I absolutely love. You might find that very helpful. And I'll also put the link to the parenting book that I am reading right now called The Parenting Map by Dr. Shafali. And you might also be interested in the book that um, Kelly talks about, The Radical Awakening, is also by Dr. Shafali. You can find that too. And I'll also put all of Kelly's links below. And if you want to join us next week on July 11th for a free workshop, including Q&A, we'd love to have you. Totally free, but you do have to register. That link is below as well. Enjoy this episode and I'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the You Do Woo podcast, everybody. Happy 4th of July weekend for all of my people that are listening in the States. I was deciding whether to have this still come out, but you probably need a little bit of a break from your long weekend and the family and all of the activities. So I hope that you enjoy this little 30-minute break for yourself. And we are actually talking about parenting today. If you are a mama and have your kids home with you right now, this will be perfect timing. We have my conscious parenting coach, Kelly Smith, on with us today. Welcome, Kelly, to the podcast. Thanks, Allison. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited to get into all of this with you. A little backstory. So Kelly came into my world, I think, the very beginning of this year, very beginning, like January 2023. Yeah, it was like right after the new year, I think. 
Yeah. And I did a human design reading for you. And then you hopped into the mastermind and you're a conscious parenting coach. And I was like, oh my God, I have like three books ready, like on my bookshelf that I need to freaking read by Dr. Shafali. And you were like, that's my mentor. That's how I, through, who I got my certification through and who taught you about, about conscious parenting. And I might ask you a few, a few background things about that in a little bit, but I had several of her books sitting there ready to read. And I had so much resistance to reading them at that time. I think I bought them like a year ago. So Caroline was like two and a half or so we were going through the quote unquote terrible twos, which I hate all the stupid names for the, the things. Cause I feel like they just like get you. I don't know. They're just a conditioning, right? It's totally true. Yeah. hundred percent for how things, how things quote unquote are, but every child's different. So anyways, I had bought those and never, never dug in. And even after you were in my world for a little while and we were voxing about parenting and all that kind of stuff, I still was just like, oh my God, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot. Like, I don't want to do the work. Like, I just don't want to do it. And I don't know what that resistance was. And we can talk about that, but I finally dug in you've been giving me a lot of like just one-on-one -on -one advice about raising a three-year-old. And I started with, I think, Dr. Shafali's conscious parenting map or the parenting map. Yeah. Her newest book, her newest book, the parenting map. Yeah. So I started with that one, which is a great one to start with. The only thing I'll say is that a lot of it, a little bit is more applicable to if your kids are like maybe five and above. I wish she would have like a mini version for toddlers. However, it's still awesome. And we'll talk about that in a second. And I will tell y'all what, it has changed my freaking life. Caroline has way less tantrums and we're going to get into why. It is a quick fix, but it's not necessarily what you think it is. She has way less tantrums. She's happier. My marriage is better because of the less tantrums and triggers and, and tension and all of that kind of stuff. It is like serious. And I know there's so many different parenting tips and tricks and people to follow and all kinds of stuff. I think that you're going to find that applying the conscious parenting tenets that Kelly teaches will literally help solve all of your parenting issues. And it's interesting because Dr. Shafali even says this. She's like, it's called parenting. It's not called childing. So the deal is, is that you get to fix yourself and you like sort of release control of how your child is. But I promise you it works. There will be less tantrums. It's so much better. It's so much happier. Like it's sort of crazy and we're not perfect yet. She still has tantrums, but I notice when she has tantrums, it's because I'm not freaking paying attention to her. I'm doing something else. And she's been asking me things. And even if I like act like I'm paying attention to her, I really am not actually hundred percent present when I'm hundred percent present with her. There's no tantrums. Yeah. I mean, if we were to substitute the word parenting with relating and you were to look at your daughter who's three as an adult and you were to show up in the same way that you're showing up with her when you're not paying attention and you're kind of like doing your own thing. And, you know, how would an adult respond to that? They're not going to throw a tantrum, right? They're probably just going to like say judgmental things in their mind and they might not hang out with you again, or they might, you know, like it's just relating. And our kids are able to authentically express themselves to us to show us where we're not being fully present. And so in that example, it's like, 
Caroline is showing you that you're not being fully present. And she's saying, I'm not that happy about this mom. I want you to be fully present with me. And adults, we don't, we don't, we're not that authentic with each other, right? We're conditioned to kind of just like blow it off or shove it down or whatever, maybe in your home, like your spouse or your, your partner might, you know, blow up at you for that. But for the most part, when we're in relationship with others, we're as adults, we're dealing with it different. Kids are just real. They're genuine. They're real. And they're there to, if you're willing to look, teach us lessons about how we can become better people ourselves. Oh my gosh. We're going to dig into this because there's so much that this has to do with human design as well and preventing decondition. And none of us are going to be perfect. Our kids are going to have to decondition, but if we can prevent some of it, that can be helpful. How did you get into this work of being a conscious parenting coach? It's a great question. And it's one that I think I always answer a little bit differently, but because I've been doing inner work for a number of years, it pretty much stemmed from my marriage falling apart, you know, about eight, eight, nine years ago. And that's when I really started having to look within to figure out like, how did I cause this? Like what happened? And, you know, initially, whenever we have something major happen in our lives, (laughs) we're always wanting to blame others, right? We always want to look to the other. And for a long time, I did blame my husband for the demise of our marriage. And, but then I realized through a lot of therapy and a lot of reading that, you know, I actually did play a part, you know, (laughs) and it was really hard to look at that. And so from that, just doing more and more work, I recognized that, and I also have two kids. So my kids are, uh, my son is 20. So he's, uh, I can't even call him a teenager anymore. I can't even call him a kid anymore. He's a young adult and I have a 14 year old daughter. So speaking of labels, you know, I have a a teenager now and (laughs) it's hard not to put her in that box also if like the toddlers and teens are very similar in their behavior. But in any case, so I, I got into it really because I was, I really was fascinated by relationships and intimate relationships, especially, and, and parenting is an intimate relationship. And so when I stumbled across the work of Dr. Shafali, she actually, the book that I read that was the first book I read of hers was Radical Awakening, where she talks about how she was married for, I think, 25 years, 27 years, something like that. And and she decided to leave her marriage. And so that's how I related to her initially was through that book. And then I discovered she was this conscious parenting guru. And I was fascinated by her work, all of it. And so I, I got into it. And then her certification came about, and I thought, you know, I had a lot of issues with my mom as a daughter. She and I are really up and down roller coaster all the time. And it's been better over the last couple of years since I've been doing this work, but it was really, really rough. So for me, conscious parenting was learning more about how to relate to my mom better. It's kind of a reverse, right? And so as I learned more about my connection with my mom and how my childhood affects that and how I continue to, as an adult, show up as a child in our relationship and how that's detrimental to both of us. You know, I I started deconditioning from that and also recognizing that our childhoods are so critical in how we relate to others intimately in our adulthood. And so what we learn as kids and our intimate relationships, our attachments, if you've ever you know, learned about attachment theory or anything, that's a huge part of it. So all of that takes place 
as patterns in our intimate relationships as adults. And so the fact that the parent is the first intimate relationship we have, whether, and it doesn't have to be a parent if, if you were adopted or, or, you know, have a different kind of caregiver, it's that those, those initial caregiving relationships are so critical. Like the first seven years of life are essential to developing the secure attachment that we need to have healthy relationships as adults. So that's how I got into it. It was just, it was literally my fascination with relationships and the breakdown in my own relationships with my mother, with my husband. And certainly <laughs> when you have kids, you start to look at your parenting when you start having issues with your kids. And that's where all of us start grabbing the books. And sometimes they collect dust for a while. But I, you know, as a parent myself was always drawn towards being a conscious parent, even though I didn't know what that term was at the time. I didn't know anything about conscious parenting. I was, I was doing it by gut most of the time. <laughs> so it was something that was already innately within me and the way that I was parenting my own children. Um, and I certainly screwed up many, many times because I had read other books. I had listened to other experts who were talking about the traditional ways of parenting, thinking that's the way I should do it, but it never felt good to me. And then I would realize it may work in the short term and it didn't last and it was becoming detrimental and it was stirring up a lot of things within me that I remembered from childhood being uncomfortable and detrimental to, to my growth and emotional health as a kid. So it was a journey that I was on and I didn't even know it for so long. Yeah, man, it is a journey. And I think that, I don't know, I have so many people in my world and friends and family members and whatever who, who do parenting a little bit differently than conscious parenting. And it's hard because I don't know that there's any, like, I mean, I'm not a parenting coach, but there's not any way to like <laughs> logically explain it really fast. It's almost like you have to sort of live it and work through it. And I'm so not perfect. Like I have major control issues. Like I still, okay, here's one thing. And this is probably going to be a question. Well, now it doesn't have to be a question. We're getting ready to have a host a workshop on July 11th. It's totally free. It's a parenting workshop. I'm going to put the show the link in the show notes below. You you do have to register, so go register for that. And we'll talk about it a little bit at the end too because you can submit a question. My question for you was going to be the rage that I feel when I'm getting Caroline into the car. Like we're running late for school. And she's just, I open one side of the car and she goes and gets in and goes and puts herself in the car seat. Then I walk around and buckle her in. And she thinks she's a big kid now and doesn't need to be in a car seat. And so every morning there's an, you know, her trying to argue for her not getting in the car seat and just sitting like a big girl in the buckle. And it's like the amount of rage that is inside of my body is a little bit ridiculous. And normally I would just be like, Caroline, you have to sit in or I'd bribe her with things or whatever. And now I'm just like feeling the rage and breathing through it. And I don't know if I've even taken the time to like think about where that rage might be coming from or if it's it's my teenage rage, not, you know, being controlled and not having control or whatever it is. What is the deal with that? Like conscious parenting lens, what's going on there? Yeah. Well, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Of course there's a lot going on, but the main issue that I can see right away is just the power struggle, right? Like she's, 
wanting to have some power and control over her ability to decide for herself. And this is the beauty of conscious parenting is that it's our job to create a container for the kids, you know, like a, a safe space. Like I, I like to call it um, or use the metaphor of like a river bank. It's our job to be the banks of the river and our kids are the water. They're flowing through. They have all that active energy. They have, they have so much force and power within them, right? Which is beautiful. They're authentic force. And it's our job to create the banks, but it's not our job to be the dam, right? Like it's not our job to control the water. It's our job to just create a safe container so they don't flood, right? So they're safe. So in your example, safety is the priority by having her, her in the car seat. So that is the bank, right? That is your absolute has to be, she has to be in the seat, right? How can you allow her to have some power and some choice in how she gets in the car seat? Does she buckle herself in? Do you buckle her in? What does she want that to look like? She is absolutely old enough to have the power to decide how she gets in the car seat, but there is no question that she's getting in the car seat. Like she knows that that's the parameter. Right. And then the other thing, well, before we go on, how does that sound to you? Yeah. And I think that what I need to do is start in the morning as we're walking out the door, say, Hey, do you want to get on in on mommy's side or other side? Do you want to get on the left side or the right side? So it starts out with giving her control over something because she's Absolutely. very independent in that way. And that's a beautiful thing because I want her to speak up for herself and to have a locus of control, you know, like to feel yeah. like she has control over her body. And I think I just need to be a little bit preemptive about it, like not wait till we get to the car, but walking out, say, hey, do you want to go in on this side or the side of the car seat? Which side do you feel like? And then maybe she will feel so in control that we won't even have a tantrum. Right. Right. So it's like an on-ramp, right? You're kind of prepping her for the fact that you're getting ready to get in the car and then she's going to have all these choices. And I love choices for kids because you don't want to ask them an open-ended question because they could say something that you're going to have to say no to. But if you give them two choices of things that you're agreeable to, then they absolutely do have the power. It's like, you're not going to give them free will and then tell them that their choice is wrong. Right. So you're going to give them free will with two options that you're okay with left side or right side. You know, do you want to buckle yourself in? Do you want me to buckle you in? Either one of those is fine. Right. So, so those, I think that's obviously great. Anytime you have a power struggle, it's because you're trying to control and taking away their power. And that works in any relationship, right? But kids, especially that's when, when you start to see the tantrums, it's usually because of a power struggle or they're tired or they're hungry or they're overstimulated or whatever. The other piece of that is what you mentioned was time, you know, that you felt like you were in a rush you're being, you're late. So how can you, because kids don't have a sense of time, right? We're the ones that know when they have to be there. We're the ones that know what the consequences are of being late, all of that. And she's a little bit young to understand the consequences of being late because it's not really on her necessarily at this point. If she was older, let her be late. Let her get the consequences at school of what that looks like for being late. But she's, she's three. So for you, it's like, how can you create a longer window or what is it that's causing you to be late so that you're not feeling rushed and so that you are feeling like you're able to give those choices? Because a lot of it's about like, what's our state of mind in that moment? And if you're stressed because you're rushing around and 
time is running slim for getting there on time, then she's going to pick up on that energy. And that's also potentially where the tantrums are coming in because she's feeling your, you know, angst. And so she's just expressing it for you. You hit the nail on the head, whatever that saying is, because I was thinking about this. This didn't happen this morning. It was yesterday morning, which is a Monday. You know, Mondays are harder because she just had two fun days with me and she didn't want to go back to school and whatever. But I wasn't even late. It was just the idea of like, well, this is later than I thought it was going to be in my head. And if I could have just caught myself and been like, we're not late, we're fine. Like, I don't have a Zoom at 9 a.m. that I have to be back for. I'm just creating this time crunch in my head. She feels that constriction. Therefore, she read my energy and is mirroring it back to me, the constricted energy. So it's a power struggle and an energy that I'm putting off of like constriction of time, which is my biggest thing, having an open root center. Like I'm just very pressured by time and it doesn't feel good to me. So that's the thing. And then I think I know the answer that you would give me, but the rage that's in, that's just my lack of power and control, right? Like, and probably going back to inner child feelings of not having control. Yeah. Well, and so you're feeling this rage and she's feeling it too. She's just able to let it out and recognizing that you have this desire for your own power and your own control is just a mirror that she's trying to show you as well that she needs. She needs the same thing. So it's beautiful because our kids are direct reflections of us. And if she's feeling powerless and you're feeling powerless, then of course you're going to be enraged and it's okay. Like, of course, anytime somebody takes your power away from you, you're going to be mad and that's okay. Like being mad about something like that is okay. That's the natural reaction. It's how does that rage express itself? Is it at someone else? Is it at someone else's expense? Is it at your own expense? Right. And so having the rage, isn't the bad thing. It's like, where, how does it show up externally or internally? Cause it can show up as an aggression or it can show up as a repression and neither, which is good for anyone. I've done this a few times and I know I've make mistakes and I'm going to keep making mistakes and whatever. But I've done this a few times where all like when I'm hitting that breaking point, I say, mommy feels so frustrated. Like I feel so frustrated right now, you know, and I don't say you're making me frustrated. I just say, I have so much frustration in my body right now. Like I want to yell too. Is that bad for you to say that in front of your kid? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's authentic and real. You know, we don't want to we don't want to show our kids that you know, we always have it under control. Our kids need to see us making mistakes. Our kids need to see how we deal with things. And this is the thing about conscious parenting is, and like you said, it's like a Pandora's box. Once you take the lid off, you can't really go back because suddenly you see yourself in a whole different light. And so some of the things that maybe used to be reactive for you, that you were totally unaware of are now going to be front and center in your face. And you're like, oh, here we go. Like, I've got to look at this. And it always shows up in other places in your life too, not just parenting. It shows up probably, you know, with Cam and it probably shows up in, in other parts of your life, but it's our intimate relationships where it shows up the most. Right. And so I think it's just about honoring where you're at and what it is and being real with your kids. And 
not unleashing at them, but allowing yourself to process your emotions in front of them. And ideally being on the journey of how can I do this in a more healthy way? Like, what do I want to show my kids as an example of being upset, being frustrated and handling it in a way that's not going to be hurtful to anybody else or myself. And that's why, I mean, I don't know about you, but exercise is a huge part of my life, not for necessarily my physical health, but for my mental health. And so I, I find that if parents are really struggling with frustration and anger and rage, it's like that builds up in your body. If you don't express it or let it out in a way. And how can we do that in a healthy way? Well, that's what our bodies are designed for. They're designed to let this stuff out. And so there are times when it's just like, ah, oh, you got to go for a run or you've got to like hit the pillow or you've got to go in your room and put a pillow on your face and scream as loud as you can, or you've got to turn the music up and just rock out to your head banging music, whatever it is. I mean, all of these ways are healthy ways to deal with it. And our kids need to see that. They need to see how to process their own rage in a healthy way, because there's a lot of toddlers that are out there that'll hit, you know, there's a lot of kids, parents have issues with kids who hit and it's, it's a way for them to express their rage, but they're not doing it in a healthy way. And they need to see examples of, of expressing it in a way that's not going to hurt anybody. It's okay to hit, just hit a pillow, hit, hit the couch, hit your bed, but we don't hit each other. Right. So the thing that it is a Pandora's box, and that's what I'll say to anybody listening to this who's like, okay, I'm going to switch to conscious parenting. It does work. It is going to help you as well as the parent, but it is opening a can of worms in a way. But don't let that scare you because here's what it does. When you start seeing your child, whatever age they are, if they're three months old or 13, as a fully formed adult human being. However, the only difference with this is, is that you're sort of in charge of their safety in most aspects, right? Like me putting my kid in a, in a car seat, whereas we're not necessarily in charge of other adults' safety. They get to choose if they're going to hurt themselves or not, you know, like whatever. If they're going to drive without their seatbelt on or something. But if you can, for the most part, start seeing your child in that way, what it does is it starts making you see all people as children. <laughs> it's weird because the children you start seeing as adults and then the adults you start seeing as children, and it's easier to deal with the other people. It's easier to deal with children when you see them as adults, and it's easier to deal with adults when you see them as children, because really we're all the same. We really all are children. I guess that's the only thing. But like your respect level of how you treat everybody is different, and it shouldn't be, right? It's so true. I love how you put that, because if anybody's ever been in a grocery store and you're, you're shopping for groceries and you see a mom with her child and the child's having a tantrum and then the mother starts to have the tantrum and you're like, you see two kids having tantrums, right? One just happens to be bigger than the other. So I love that you put it that way because we, we always see it in other people. It's harder to see within ourselves. But 
it's also when we start treating our kids as adults who have the right to their own authority, the right to their own power to a certain degree. Obviously, when they're younger, safety is priority and they're learning the ways of the world. And so it's our job to keep them really safe. But as they get older, we have to let go of more and more control. I mean, I've got a daughter who's learning how to drive a car for crying out loud. And the other day, she's got a lot of confidence with this whole driving thing. You know, she's been doing it for two weeks and she's a fantastic driver in her mind. (laughs) And she decided that overnight she likes to go fast. And so she came barreling into the garage the other day, the door was barely open. And I'm like, this was the first freak out I had of her driving into the garage. And she's like, mom, chill. I wasn't going to hit anything. And I'm like, well, you could have fooled me. That was the first time I've had to, you know, freak out over here. And it just was interesting because she, she just went from this level of very little confidence in her driving to all of a sudden she feels like she's this amazing driver. And for me, it's like, here she is driving my $40,000 vehicle and practically running it into the back wall of my house. It's like, it's a really huge challenge to let go of control over time. And, but it does happen in small micro bits. Right. And so that's where I think conscious parenting is really key. And like just the essential, essential basic description of it is just parent the child that you have in front of you in this moment. It's not about worrying about what they're going to do when they're older or what they did, you know, when they were younger and all of the things in the past and the future. It's about being present with your kid right here and right now and with yourself, right? Like understanding where you're at. Are you emotionally regulated? Are you feeling reactive? What's going on in your body and what's going on with your kid and just managing that moment because parenting, if you look at it as a 18 to 20 year journey or whatever and beyond, it's overwhelming. I mean, nobody can predict any of that because it's another person's life. So how can you just be in the moment and give your child and give yourself what you both need in that particular present moment? What would you say to people who are wondering, well, like, how do I deal with a kid who's acting out or, you know, I'm not into spanking. Spanking's not part of the conscious parenting thing, but like giving, what is the word I'm trying to think of? Discipline? Are you discipline? About discipline. discipline. Okay. This is what I'm talking about. Yes. My brain turned off there on that word for a second. How does quote unquote discipline fit in to conscious parenting or is it not even part of conscious parenting? Because I mean, my thing would be like, well, you don't discipline an adult So you wouldn't quote unquote discipline a child, right? Right. So discipline is such an interesting topic of conversation and we could do like a whole podcast about discipline, but here's my take on it. Our job is to help our kids learn self-discipline, you know, to learn the ability to regulate themselves in their environment, the ability to be discerning and to understand the consequences of their behaviors and their actions, right? It is not something that, in my opinion, makes sense to enforce a punishment or a consequence on a child that doesn't have anything to do with what they did. Because I don't know about you, but growing up, a lot of times my punishments, like spanking, for example, what does that have to do with anything? Why does hitting a child have 
to do with anything. It's just literally an adult acting out of rage or acting out of anger or punishing a child for making a mistake. I mean, we're all allowed to make mistakes. It's our job as parents to allow the mistakes to happen and to connect with our kid so that they can learn from their mistake. And the best way that anybody learns from a mistake is to experience the consequence of that mistake, right? And so, of course, within safety, obviously, right? But I always suggest to parents, before you impart any kind of discipline or any kind of lesson, you have to connect with your kid. If you don't have connection, you shouldn't be correcting. That's definitely something that Dr. Shafali drives home. Connection before correction, always. So how can you understand where your kid is at? Maybe they're just super tired and they were acting out and they they spilled something or, you know, they're just super, super hungry, especially when kids are little and stuff. They just, and I still get hangry. So I don't know, maybe you never grow out of that. (laughs) I don't, but you know, we make mistakes or we have lapses in our judgment for behavior when our needs are not being met. Right. So it always starts at what's the root cause here. What need is not being met? Is it hunger? Is it tired? Is it overwhelmed? Is it not getting enough attention? Like what is the root cause here before you just react to a kid. And that's where conscious parenting comes in is like, how do we respond in a way that is intentional versus reacting out of our own emotional baggage that we have because they've triggered us or they're inconveniencing us or they're embarrassing us in front of our friends or whatever. Like usually those kinds of things happen when our ego gets bruised. And so it's really training ourselves to just be connecting with our kids and empathetic if we can. And of course, like you always say, and this is so true, like we have to give ourselves grace because this is not something that is an overnight thing. It's just something that we, you know, we're going to make mistakes as parents. And just as much as we're going to teach our kids to have grace with themselves, we're going to have grace with ourselves through this process. So I hope that makes sense. There's a whole thing with discipline, but I, I always say natural consequences first. So if you're looking at what would be the natural consequence of your kid um, being late to school, for example, say they're in elementary school or in middle school. Well, the school probably has a natural consequence for that and let it play out. It's okay. Right? Like let it play out. What's the natural consequence for your kid not doing homework? Well, they're not going to get a good grade, you know, and let them experience what that's like, because they're not going to get, they're not going to learn about what they want to do next time if someone's telling them what not to do next time, because I, I don't know about you, but I didn't learn from my parents telling me not to do stuff. I only learned from the fact that, you know, I had a negative consequence from my behavior. Like I'll give you just a quick example. I don't know how old I was. I was probably eight or seven or eight. And my dad was, we were sitting in the parking lot at this place. He had an errand to do. And I was asking him all the things about what was on the dash of the car, you know, like, pointing out to things and he would tell me what it was. Well, I pointed to the cigarette letter and he told me what it was. And he said, you know, don't, don't touch that. You'll burn yourself. Well, he goes in to get whatever he needed at the store, leaving me in the car. Guess what I did? Push the cigarette lighter, took it out and burned myself, you know, because I didn't believe him. I, you know, I just, because that's how we learn. And of course I'm not going to do that again. So it's just a simple example of kids learn through their own experiences and their own consequences. And it's not the parent's job to impart something unless, I mean, there's, there's exceptions to that, of course, but 
for the most part. Is there a natural consequence that the child can handle at their age? Yes. Cool. Let it happen. And I think this is why it's so important when you're learning these tenets to have somebody in your world that you can sort of ask these real questions to, because it's not so, you know, it's not always so black and white. Some of it's nuanced and sometimes you need like a different set of eyes on the situation. But the main thing I think we need to do as parents is start start looking at it in a different way. Like, can you start just at least looking at your child through the lens of conscious parenting? And then can we just like release shame? Can we just start talking about the hardness of this? And it is worth it. Like anything that you takes a little bit of struggle and self-work and peeling off layers and whatever, you will get the reward for it. And I think I'm so grateful for finding this now rather than when Caroline is, you know, 25 years old, because I know that it's that connection piece and that presence piece. And I'm not, I'm so not perfect on it. Like Cam and I were FaceTiming this morning and Caroline started acting out because we were FaceTiming and not including her, you know, and, you know, sometimes that's just is what it is. Like we had to have certain discussions and talk through certain things, but I was able to like put it down and say, Hey, give me about five minutes. And then I'm going to put you in my lap and talk to you. I'll read you a story, whatever you want to do before we go to school. And so it's, it's not always going to look perfect. You're not always going to be a hundred percent present, but I was able, like Cam was getting a little bit frustrated but he wasn't there. Like he was only saying what he could see through the FaceTime screen. And I had to say, Hey, she's getting frustrated because we're not paying attention to her, which was way better of a situation than what would have happened a year ago. We would have gotten in a tiff. Caroline would have been screaming her head off. You know, like it's just, you do get rewards for doing this sort of harder work and it can be a quick fix. It's just how quickly can you actually become present and tune into your kids' feelings and tune into your own triggers, you know? Yeah. And that's like the majority of this work is about recognizing what's going on within our, within us. That's the majority of the work. Usually, you know, it's not about the kids. It's usually about the parent and, and how can you train yourself to become more present in the moment um, when there's not a lot of chaos going on? You know, if you can do it in the calm, then you can start to work on it with the chaos, but you don't start there. You don't start with the chaos. You start with just the practice of it. And it's like, I mean, it is, it's like exercise. You you don't go to the gym expecting to lose 20 pounds the first day you hop on the treadmill. It's something that you just commit to. And you just, every day you're doing your best you can. And some days you're going to be able to run super fast on the treadmill and other days you're going to be like, Oh, that wasn't a good day at all. I had to walk or whatever. And it's okay. And sometimes it's three steps forward and two steps back. I mean, you know, anybody that's done any kind of inner work, it's, there's always another layer. And so it's just, are you desiring a long-term sustainable connection with your child over time where you're going to be able to be adults at some point? Because that's ultimately the bulk of your relationship is going to be when your kid's an adult. And are you going to put in the work now? When they're young, especially, like I said, those first seven years are critical. And then that's going to like the work that you're doing with Caroline now, I so wish I had this when I, my kids were young because it comes back around when they're teenagers, it all comes back around. And so it's so important to have developed that connection 
when they're young, because you'll be able to rely, you'll have that foundation, like a solid foundation with them when they're teenagers and they're going through their own shit. So even though it's hard, like, I love that you're starting this work now with her at her age, because it will get easier and you are developing that foundation. You are making sure, like I used to be in the home building world. So I like to kind of use that metaphor, but you are building those solid things that you can build the walls on, right? You can build the walls, you can do the paint, you can do all that later, but right now you got to work on making sure you're on solid ground. And so that's what you're doing is just building that foundation. And as I said, for everybody who's listening, I'm not there yet. I'm probably about, what would you say, two and a half months into this conscious parenting practice. I did notice results like two days into doing some of this stuff. So it doesn't have to take forever. And there's onion layers, you know, there's layers to peel back and peel back and peel back. But if you need some peace in your life, if the tantrums are really overwhelming you, if it's very, very uncomfortable for you, the parenting thing, which I don't think it's ever going to be unicorns and rainbows. It's just part of life. We're humans and it's messy. But if it's sort of overwhelming to you, like debilitating right now, I would look into conscious parenting. It can be a really, really huge help. And Kelly is very graciously doing a free workshop for us on July 11th. You do have to register. It's entirely free, probably going to be about 60 minutes or so. So I will record it. I will send it out to the people who register. If you can't make it live, it's July 11th at 2 PM central time. And you are going to do a little bit of a training on the essentials of conscious parenting, and then you're going to take questions. But please go ahead and submit your questions to me. You can send them over DM. You can type them out or you can audio them out. I will get them ready for Kelly. She will be answering them live. And I'm going to put your Instagram handle. What else do you have for us? What other resources do you have for any of the mamas out there? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, you guys can find me at uh, kelly.cole.smith is my Instagram handle. I have a podcast called We See You Podcast that is available on all platforms with my co-host, Nadine Perez. It's not about all things. I mean, there's parenting there, but there's other things there too. And then also I have a membership in my new community called The Village that is available. So you can find that on my Instagram handle. There's a link to sign up for that in the link tree there. Perfect. I'll put that on there too. I'll put the village because that saying it takes a village to raise a child is very, very true. If you want to come out of it on the other side, sane and happy and healthy, <laughs> it does take a lot of people. You know, it's a journey that a lot of us, like you were mentioning, just sometimes we feel ashamed because we do want to be better parents and we're not perfect at it. And it's hard to admit sometimes that we do react to our kids in ways that we don't want to. And there's that guilt. And I just want to assure everybody out there that you're not the only one that feels that way. And it's really helpful to have other moms and dads that you can connect with who are kind of going through the same thing and we can all learn from each other. So that's why I really wanted to start a membership so that and a community where people can connect and recognize that they're not alone on this journey. Thank you so much for coming on, Kelly. And I'm so grateful that you are part of my world. It's been a huge blessing. I mean, literally one of the best parts of 2023 is having having you inside of our, our group here at Woo. And I'm so grateful that we finally got to have everybody hear, hear from you, hear your story, and hear all, all about what you do in the conscious parenting world. Thank you. 
Well, thank you. I feel absolutely the same and I'm just blessed to be part of your world as well. And looking forward to continuing to do this work with you and anybody on your, on your team and in your, in your world. I'm really excited for the workshop. You guys make sure that you go below, click the link to register. If you have a question, submit it to me. If not, just join us on that day. It's going to be really, really good. And go give Kelly a follow on Instagram as well. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thanks, Allison. Thank you so very much for tuning in to another episode of You Do Woo. I know that you already have a very full life and that there are literally millions of podcasts that you could be listening to. So I'm super grateful to you for being a loyal listener. And I'm so grateful for you sharing your favorite episodes with friends and family members. That is how we are able to serve more people and raise the collective consciousness and really get the word out on a bunch of these fun spiritual topics that we're talking about. I would love to connect with you. Send me a DM on Instagram at you do woo, all one word. I'd love to hear how you loved today's episode and just a little bit about you. I can't wait to connect. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.